Hello, welcome to another edition of the GoBeski Wallace Report podcast. My name is uh, Hello, welcome to another edition of the GoBeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. Wait, so what what happened that you had to start and start again? I said the podcast again for like the third time instead of just saying the report. Oh, okay. Oh, we've we've moved we're trying to edge into like legit journalism. I feel like we just va- <laughs> I feel like we just vacillate back and forth. So oscillate, I guess, between the two. Yeah, maybe that's and whether the- we're going plus podcast or minus podcast yeah, maybe that's the joke maybe i just need to do what i feel that day <laughs> yeah because i think we've talked about this but the initial joke charlie told me was that he thought it was funny that this was a podcast that was like a subsidiary of the report except there wasn't actually a report oh yeah, yeah and then enough. uh at some point he decided that wasn't funny or possibly was too uh obtuse to be yes that's the one funny Oh. It's the joke that only I will laugh at that I made myself, which is kind of sad. <laughs> so I abandoned it. <laughs> That's all jokes I make. <laughs> I'm just up there entertaining myself. And if someone else laughs, that's just a bonus. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Hi, I'm Adam Gobeski. I'm a co-host on this illustrious report. Oh, and yes, and we have a very special guest with us. It is video game superstar Qbert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hello, this is Cuber. <laughs> Sorry, my uh my you know universal translator throat patch thingy uh malfunctioned for a second there. Oh. Thought you were falling off a pyramid. <laughs> or maybe Coily had found you. <laughs> well he had to say his his famous line, his tagline as he came in so everyone would know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> I just got done hanging out with my my buddies uh, Adam Sandler and Peter Dinklage. <laughs> oh right, you were in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that movie does exist. <laughs> one of my uh, it's one of my more lucrative gigs. Uh, more lucrative than uh, Wreck It Ralph? Uh not quite, not quite as much. But what about know, the what about the Cubert cartoon show from the the mid eighties? Is that oh. is that lucrative at all? I kind of got the bad end on that deal. Yeah. <laughs> Hit a bad agent at that time. Yeah. yeah, I was a little naive. You know, I kind of, I thought there was going to, you know, I didn't really fight hard for, for, uh, rights oh, for the, for the rights because, uh, you know, I kind of was riding a little high on my fame and thought that it would be forever. You know, is that why you were gone for so long? Just you got screwed over by the agent and couldn't pick up yeah, work after that? And, you know, I got kind of, wrapped up in some other things I don't really want to go into, but you know. <laughs> well, we've all heard the rumors. I <laughs> Suffice mean. to say I'm making a comeback, you know, and I think that it's been, it's been a wild ride. Now, I mean, we are a pretty hard hitting podcast, so we may get into that a little bit later, but let's that, warm you up okay. a little bit here. I'm not shy about my, my struggles, you know, <laughs> pretty similar story. You know, you, that fame, fame can do uh, strange things, even to someone of my origin. That makes sense. So he had he had the original video game, right? Were there sequels? Was there like a Qbert two or any alternate versions of Qbert? Oh, you can get Qbert on a DVD. Sorry, no. I just had to go find out. You can get the best of Qbert. Oh well, you know, don't rush out or anything because I'm probably not going to see much much of a dime. How many residuals? <laughs> no, keeps getting the check for three cents whenever someone buys a DVD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's quite a few reboots of uh, of my game. There's a couple sequels too, if I remember. I know I had I had Cubert three for the Super Nintendo. Oh, and then uh, Cubert's Cubes is the a source of great distress for me still from my <laughs> Atari twenty six hundred collecting days. Oh, I've, I've told this story, right? Have I told this story? Uh, not sure, but it's relevant in any case. So, so Cubert's Cubes is a very rare uh, twenty six hundred game probably worth on the collector's market somewhere around like $150. So I'm at a thrift shop in uh, South Lansing and there it's, there's a copy sitting there just on the shelf. It's like that and like four other games and I pick it up and I'm like, Oh, there's no price on this, but that doesn't really matter because I know this is a pretty rare game. I definitely don't have it. And so I'm carrying it. And then uh, I see next to it, there's a copy of brutal sports football for the Jaguar. So I put the Kubert's cubes, back down while I pick up the brutal sports football. And in that 30 second period, 
a man beelines it from because I'm in like the back of the store. Beelines it from the front of the store to the back and grabs that cartridge. No kidding. And that disappears. Oh, and I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah. You got robbed just like my royalties for that game. Yeah. <laughs> I was very upset. I'm still a little upset, like to this day. Do you think it was going to be pretty close to full price or did the used store not no. really know what it was worth? Oh, no, the used store had no idea. It was like a Volunteers of America or Goodwill or something like that, oh, right? Where they're just, yeah. where it's just like, oh, here's a bunch of stuff that people have donated. Let's just put some price on it. So at the most, it would have probably been like $10 and would have been totally fine. But nope. Oh, that's my story. My heartache. <laughs> the tragedy of Kubert continues, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the curse of Kubert. It is. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, it is. <laughs> so when was the Kubert television show? Was that late uh, 80s? 84. 84, oh. according to my uh, quick Wikipedia look. Uh, I'm sure that Kubert himself could tell us more about uh, Saturday Supercade and the stuff that went on. Well, I mean... <laughs> Things were kind of a blur. You might be able to tell. You might be able to tell me more than I can. But I can only give you one perspective. And well, you could just give us your perspective on what it was like to be like on NBC at all, and what it was like to work with people like Mr. T. And I mean, not that you were on at the same time, but I feel like you were all part of that uh, Saturday morning lineup. Right. You must have met yeah, in the hallway. It was actually a great time. I yeah, me and me and Mr. T would we spent a lot of time together actually after work. And so tell me a little bit about your girlfriend, Cutie. Oh. Am I pronouncing uh, that right or is it just Cutie? Well, I mean, really, it's all kind of a anglicized version, if you will, of the original. Sure. Um, oh the but, the original. What uh can you give us a sound and in the original what what it how it actually sound? Uh Kind of, yeah, yeah, I think I can. It, uh, her name was actually... Oh, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had to find the button on my translator there. Yeah, no, no, we, we figured. <laughs> so wasn't there a falling out between you two around that time? Like 84, 85? Uh, That's what the tabloid yeah, said anyway. There was, there, you know, I don't, there was, but you know, I, I don't harbor any hard feelings about that. Pause for a second. Okay. <laughs> So I'm looking at the cast of Saturday Supercade. You know who played Donkey Kong? Who? Soupy Sales. <laughs> oh. Soupy Sales. Yeah. Oh. I just wanted to say that. Carry on. I, I, I understand. At any opportunity, you have to say Soupy Sales whenever it comes up. <laughs> and that was like kind of late, late in the, well, not actually not that late in the career. It looks like he was pretty active. Well, anyway, anyways, uh, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> No, I don't. I don't really harbor any hard feelings about the matter, but did kind of go our separate ways there. Oh, like Journey. Yeah, yeah, like Journey. Oh, in fact, is I think the Journey songs around that time. Is that song about you guys? I mean, no. I guess I guess we'd have to get I've, some people from Journey on, which maybe will happen later on in the podcast. And <laughs> I have to. I mean, I like to think that they may have drawn inspiration from that. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't personally acquainted with them at the time i knew people who were you know we all kind of ran in the same circles there yeah you're so famous at the time that it wouldn't be surprising if they drew inspiration from you for one of their songs i mean that was the peak yeah. of your career i mean no offense i mean you have had a comeback as of late but there there was still you know no matter the level of fame it was a little bit of a different time for uh for digital stars you had like pac-man and stuff right yeah yeah and, and donkey kong a little bit Maybe the frog yeah. from Frogger. Did he ever show up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Pitfall Harry. Yeah, Pitfall Harry. Joey Kangaroo. Joey Kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> Space Ace. Who can forget Space Ace? Oh yeah, yeah, he was had a little bit more resolution than the rest of you guys, if I recall. Yeah, well, I think he was running on a on laser disc or something. That was a, he was a different thing altogether, for sure. So 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 he didn't like hang out with you guys. Like he was too good for. The rest of your your pixel sprite friends. Well, there, yeah, there was there was really sort of a a divide there. There was definitely a, kind of a stratification that seemed to kind of. I mean, when your name is Space Ace, I mean, it kind of comes with the territory. You'd expect that guy to be kind of a jerk. Yeah, I mean, you know, the name. He, he you know, he wasn't a bad wasn't a bad guy, but he was he was a little full of himself. You know? <laughs> 
He definitely, he definitely, uh, there was some degree of looking down on us more pixelated stars. Yeah, that's too bad. Does it feel good now that he's kind of fallen out of the limelight and no one really knows who he is? Uh, you know, I don't wish any any ill on him, but you may, maybe he'll have his day still. You think so? A Space Ace reboot? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, uh, the nostalgia's big business these days, you know, and we're all we're all trying to get our piece of the pie. So it's kind of a crowded market right now. But I'm, I feel lucky that I've been able to be a part of that. But maybe it's because I was have a pretty sizable nose. career. <laughs> and <laughs> nose, yeah. Speaking of which, around, was it 84, 85 that you broke up with your longtime girlfriend? And then, I mean... At least from what we know, it's just a haze of drugs for the next decade or so. Yeah. yeah. How did you know when you hit rock bottom? I assume there's rocks down there. (laughs) (laughs) I assume that's why he's always swearing when he falls off the bottom of the pyramid, because he hit the rocks. (laughs) That's rock bottom down there. Yeah, it really is quite a... that is a good analogy for what my life was like at the time. You know, I'd get I'd get occasional work, but there was a pretty big pretty big gap there for a while. I managed to get it together for the Game Boy and Super NES games. Yeah, like I um, said, Cubert Three. I uh, still have my copy. Well, I'm glad. Uh, thank thank you for your support. Oh, you're welcome. I always uh, I always had a soft spot in my heart for Cubert, so it's great to see you doing well there, coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the th- it was you know it's a little, a little rocky to get get back in you know now with the advent of 3D gaming. Sure, you know it was kind of similar in the way that Pac-Man also had you know some issues pushing his his brand and consumers really want you know the fancy new 3D graphics. Oh, absolutely! I remember Pac-Man World. You know, it shows we we all have our struggles <laughs> to stay relevant. Well, uh, it was great to hear from you, Cubert. Uh, yeah, any, thank you. Anything you wanted to share before you uh, departed from us back to your your trailer to hang out with Adam Sandler and his crew? Um, you know, just that uh, don't don't sell yourself short in your career. Don't be afraid to stand up stand up for yourself and your and your brand. Um, okay, that's that'd be my my lessons learned. And also, you know, go go buy uh go buy the movie Pixels on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you actually get a you got a better deal on that. You get I more, did more residge. I did, and nice. I have nothing but uh, love for Adam and his pals. Cool. Oh, they've they've been very good to me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> when no one else would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really I really feel like I've uh, found my found my place in this this uh, very fast-paced world. I mean. You think Moore's law affects <laughs> the fleshy people a lot. You should see how it affects our lives. I would imagine it affects your lives more than our lives. Way, way more. Yes. I it's it's almost unfathomable to to think the I'm I don't not, even I'm having trouble I don't recognize who I was back then. Yeah, I'm having difficulty fathoming it as well regarding you so yeah yeah right, i mean right. imagine if the laws of physics changed every well constantly yeah. <laughs> all right well thanks for having uh taking the time to show up on the the gobeski wallace podcast report hopefully we'll see you in the future and, and uh i'm sorry i'm sure you get this all the time but just uh for me could you do your your catchphrase one more time oh sure <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Hubert. <laughs> You're very Hubert, well. everybody. And, oh, uh, I see someone else has just shown up in the studio that appears to be our uh, longtime friend, Paul Wilcox. Oh, hey, oh, Paul. Oh, hi. Hey. How's it going? Oh, great. You missed Hubert. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, man. And it's, that's funny, because I just, I just finished watching Pixels last week. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What a surprise. <laughs> I gotta say that finished as if like it took a week. <laughs> well, from what I've heard about pixels, it can be a bit of a struggle to get through. <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I have a soft spot for it. Maybe it's because, and it's mostly because uh, my niece bought it for me for Christmas, uh-huh. and I hadn't gotten around to watching it. And then, and then we uh, watched it together. You know, she's like nine. We watched it together, and. Uh, you know, I I thought it was it was better than I was anticipating because it got a lot of flack. But if you approach it in the uh, try going in expecting it to be exactly what it is, then you know it's not unenjoyable. Okay, 
That's a, I mean, like it, it, a strong and, glowing recommendation. It, it made me kind of like, I was like, boy, when this came out, it was really unbelievable that uh, Kevin James would be the president. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just like wishing for Kevin James. <laughs> At least it would be obvious he didn't know what he was doing and he would admit it. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a, a, a guy who's not afraid to admit his shortfall. Well, no, he'd be like, hey, guys, please help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, even, he'd even call his like, you know, tech installer buddy into oh, White right. House, you know, right. give him expert advice on how to fight the alien menace yeah so i actually i only know a little bit about the premise of the movie but that actually seemed kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) i would appreciate that kevin james being president and just calling his buddies in to try to help him (laughs) i I think that is probably one of the strongest parts of that movie (laughs) is that they're like hanging out as like longtime friends but then it's like oh and Kevin James is the president. <laughs> you know, they were like kids growing up in the arcade together, you know, playing Asteroids and Centipede and then, you know, flash forward and he's the president. Like, what? <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen someday. <laughs> one, of, one of us will be in the big chair. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, I guess Barack Obama was sort of one of us, but... <laughs> You know, he likes Star Trek and Spider-Man and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Did you see the uh, was it correspondence dinner or was it like a radio association dinner with uh, John Hodgman where John Hodgman was quizzing him on his nerd facts to see if he was really a nerd? <laughs> oh. No, I, I didn't see this, but I look forward to reading or slash watching slash hearing it in the blog post. <laughs> he tries to trip him up with Dune references and uh, well, succeeds, but... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I didn't remember the answer to those Dune questions either. <laughs> is it is it Arrakis or Spice? Because I think those are the that's about the extent of my Dune knowledge. No, it was what's like the Freeman word for uh, the sandworms, and I couldn't remember it off the top of my head, even though it's very prominently featured in the book. Oh, uh, is it Tremors? Tremors, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have asked President Obama about tremors. We, missed that opportunity. We would also have accepted tremors too. <laughs> Lost in New York. <laughs> hey guys, the worms just don't know how to get out. We've got to lead the way. <laughs> they're in. They're in the subway tunnels. <laughs> they run into the street sharks. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie, you were about to say something. Oh, yeah, I wanted to welcome everyone to this very this very special Oscar episode. So, guys, what are your Oscar predictions? I only uh, say that because it's on right uh, now. Oh, I, yeah, I, should, I should be playing this in the background right now. Uh, I think that Best Picture will go to uh, Deadpool. Oh, That'd be nice. That was possible for the Golden Globes, actually, but not the Oscars. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a surprise. They'll, they'll pull it out and Steve Harvey will say Deadpool and then everyone will be confused. <laughs> that would be amazing. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, Best Picture will probably go to. I don't know. I don't think I saw any of them. Was Pixels this year? What's the one with the dancing and the singing? La La, La, La Land. Land. Is that, is that one of them? The main thing I know about La La Land was uh, an AV Club article the other day that said the reason no one went to Emma Stone's one-woman show was because the way she promoted it was so terrible that all the agents who watched the movie were like, what the hell? Oh. <laughs> like, apparently, like she sent an email to everyone. She didn't BCC all like the critics and stuff. It wasn't clear that she had done anything like a Facebook group or event or anything or any sort of buzz. She had just sent out this random uh, email in a way that appeared to be designed to piss off critics. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. So, so it wasn't that her show wasn't good or that people wouldn't have been interested. It's poor email construction. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the marketing. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, apparently there's like a scre- a quick screenshot in the movie of the, the email <laughs> where you can see that like she hasn't BCC'd anyone. Her actual email seems really like amateurishly written. There doesn't appear to be like any sort of like poster or even indication of like quite what's going on. It's I guess. <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't really tr- detract from the plot of the movie considering it just 
the movie requires her to fail at that juncture. So whether she does it because she's a poor actress or poor writer, I suppose, in that case, or or can't construct an email, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. No, I thought you were going to bring up the Oscars, though, because you had a story to tell us. Oh, do I have a story to tell you? Boy and how. What, what story am I telling? Uh, secret DVD. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Oscar worthy films, I so I was ordering online some some cables and they came to my house and I think I would order like four or five cables and I got three separate yellow envelopes from Amazon. So I figured they just must have split up all these cables between three envelopes. It makes sense. And I opened all of them and I took out the contents and set them aside and then just started messing around with these cables and hooking them up. And then I realized about two or three minutes later that sitting on my coffee table is a copy of the DVD for the movie Chairman of the Board starring Carrot Top. (laughs) This was in one of the three envelopes, which are identical, right? So two of these envelopes I had ordered and the other one I had not ordered and they all arrived at the same time. And I had taken this DVD out, not even paid attention to it and sat it aside. So... Somebody apparently has sent me this film. The only person I could think would possibly have sent this to me was Adam, because I know we've discussed the movie at some point before. But he claims not to have sent it to me. And now I know that two of the envelopes were sent to Charles Wallace, which is my name that I have set up in my Amazon account. And this last one was to Charlie Wallace. But that's all the information I have. So I know that Adam didn't send it to me. My wife, Cara, did not send it to me. She's, I mean, there's only two people who could have even fathomed sending that to me what about like alex who i guess who have you talked about this movie with i don't i don't know i've ever really talked in i mean that was the somewhat the inspiration for our abandoned screenplay <laughs> starring carrot top wasn't it uh i think only in that carrot top was in a movie well yeah i think we thought it was funny that carrot top would be in another movie <laughs> which we were attempting to make an intentionally Bad parody of the sort of movie that Carrot Top or Pauly Shore, those sorts of oh, people right. would yeah. appear in. It was called Diplomatic Immunity. And like he had entered a radio contest and won a diplomatic I think he post. was going to be the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to some former Soviet republic that was like Kruger-Burgestan or something, I seem to recall. Yeah, which, I mean, in this day and age sounds a little bit more likely. Somebody just randomly getting a post like that for no reason. <laughs> but <laughs> I, anyway, I, I don't know where this DVD came from. I asked the only two people I thought would have possibly been given it to me. I suppose it could have been Alex. I did not actually ask Alex. But you haven't actually asked anyone else. Like you no. haven't asked like no, I haven't. people at work or Casey or even well, Amazon. I mean, this could, how you ask Amazon? If you called them, would they tell you the address that something was sent from? Or the Hey, somebody sent me this package. Is there a way I can find out who sent it? It contains anthrax. Who sent it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I suppose I could do that. Anthrax the band? (laughs) Even worse. (laughs) CD of anthrax greatest hits. I I think that it might be, Amazon might be, uh, the conspiracy theory would be that they're trying to somehow, this doesn't really make any sense at all, but maybe they're trying to dispose of uh, old stock Ooh. <laughs> so this is another episode of a uh, conspiracy corner i think well it's just independently conspiracy corner right you're getting dvds that you don't know where they came from <laughs> yeah. that's true yeah you so, gotta come up with some kind of theory yeah and they're, you know, maybe somehow through some sort of book cooking magic, they can save on <laughs> disposal um, by, you know, accidentally sending these DVDs that they have way too many of and no are never going to sell. Actually, speaking of diplomatic immunity, is it possible that you won a contest and they sent you this DVD and you just don't realize you won a contest? I don't remember entering a contest. That seems like a very Madison thing to happen. <laughs> like being entered in a contest without my knowledge or inadvertently? No, just the idea of chairman of the board being a prize. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, back when the Onion actually did trivia and contests and events here, that seems more likely. But since they're no longer really a thing in Madison, Wisconsin, I don't know. There was also Doug's theory. Which was what? That you had sent it to yourself 
because you needed to see it for the future because you were secretly Ben Affleck from Paycheck and had seen the future and then oh. had had it erased from your mind, but you needed to know what happened. And chairman of the board was part of that. Right. Like there's a secret message inside chairman of the board. And then right. if I watch it, then the information will come up in my brain at the exact right juncture in the future to save By the humanity way, I, or something. Yeah. I feel that Paycheck is a very underrated movie. I, I haven't seen it since we saw it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. As far as Philip K. Dick adaptation goes, it's probably in my top four. What is it? Maybe got 10 or so. Let's see. There's Blade Runner, Minority Report, Scanner Darkly, Total Recall, Paycheck, uh, that one Nick Cage movie, Next or something like that. Really? Oh. Is uh, technically, uh, there's like a, what is it called? There's like a early 90s, like Rutger Hauer, not, not, or maybe, I don't know, uh, Sleepers, maybe, something like that, Scanners, uh, something like something huh. like that. But yeah. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau. That's a, right, that's a Philip right. K. Dick show. I've seen that. That's actually pretty good. This does seem like kind of a Philip K. Dick sort of plot. You're right. Maybe the conspiracy is that I'm inside a Philip K. Dick novel and I never knew it until now. Mm. Well, or maybe it's one of you reading a Philip K. Dick novel and you're just so engrossed in it that you haven't put it down yet. Wait, is this turning into Stranger Than Fiction, the Will Ferrell movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Please don't so stop many reading. levels to this to this conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's really no way to disprove that you're not in a Philip K. Dick novel. I guess that's true. Yeah, that adds a little bit of excitement to your life, doesn't it? That's a good thing. Screamers. That's the name of that Streamers. movie. Screamers. Ah. Oh. Screamers. Oh, screamers. Ah, yes. Ah! <laughs> not streamers. The hot new uh, thriller about the Twitch lifestyle, uh, starring. <laughs> John Tron <laughs> and PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> Although, oh, I guess there is a Total Recall remake too, which technically counts, and that's not in my top four. Okay, PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just naming people, naming video game YouTube. <laughs> so, uh, he's taking a lot of heat lately. I've noticed. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, his anti-Semitic shenanigans. Yeah. Which may or may not be uh, heartfelt. What's the word I want? Genuine. Where if you do something, because genuine, that's the word. Yeah. yeah. I mean. That's a hard word to remember these days. Because, you know, <laughs> you can't just be, you can't just like become like a mainstream, like media type. You can't have deals with Disney, but also do like dank Sister Hitler things. memes on your <laughs> uh, channel. You know, like you, you got to know that that's going to come back to you. <laughs> you have to make a sacrifice of some sort. For the money. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to you have to take a little bit of the deep internet out of your programming if you're gonna really <laughs> you know have mass appeal. You know, not not knowing anything about PewDiePie, that's my assessment. Gotcha. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> I know he was trolling people like a month or two ago, or maybe longer at this point, about deleting his channel. And that's that's about the that and the anti Semitism. That's like the, about the only things I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's amassed all those followers, and that's all you know about him, Adam. Well, I'm not really a YouTube guy. <laughs> no, I know. I'm either. I only use YouTube to uh, watch John Oliver and uh, listen oh, yeah. to Star Trek bridge backgrounds while I work. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. The uh, 10 hours of the Voyager bridge. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> you wouldn't think so because it's like Voyager, but it's got like the perfect level balance. The computer console beeps aren't too loud and the, the thrum of the engines just right. Whereas like you do like the next generation one and the balance isn't right. Like the beeps are too loud and the computer occasionally talks. And every like original series one I've come across is just way too busy. It's just constant like while like a hundred other noises are going on. You're just like, ah, oh, this is too much. I want to wow. fall asleep while I'm working, not be constantly on edge. <laughs> Must be why Captain Kirk always sat on the edge of his chair because he couldn't stand the sound of the bridge around. <laughs> does it help your productivity? Uh, actually, I have found that it does help my productivity. Yeah, when I'm oh, doing something nice. that requires me to focus a little bit, you know, something where I can't just listen to music. Well, so one reason that I haven't asked a lot of people about this DVD is I kind of want to tease it out over the course of time, unless you happen to know more information, Adam. So maybe I can give a new update in the next episode, ask a couple more people. Hmm, interesting. Yes. I think my conspiracy theory is going to prove to be the winner of this. Uh, oh, okay. Be, that'll be borne out 
Which one was yours? Amazon is trying to get rid of product? Yeah. Okay. You know, because they'll be like, oh, don't return it. Like all that stuff they send out. And they're like, yeah, don't bother. (laughs) We sent you two of these books. We've analyzed your Prime (laughs) account and you like to watch stupid movies. Here you go. (laughs) Thanks for being a loyal Prime member. (laughs) We wanted to say thanks for the copy of Chairman of the Board. (laughs) I really want that to be a tag on uh, like Netflix, you know, stupid movies. <laughs> it probably then... is. <laughs> stupid movies we know you'll like. <laughs> yeah. Dummy. Exactly. Because, you know, some of those get awfully specific. So maybe stupid is just too general because it would just encompass like half of the net, at least half of the Netflix library. <laughs> Oh, so like movies for imbeciles. <laughs> <laughs> movies for dumbasses. <laughs> uh, Paul, I sure just keep showing up on all my movie choices. <laughs> I watched Chairman of the Board once. <laughs> Stop suggesting Son-in-Law. <laughs> I already own it on Blu-ray. That's really a movie that requires the Blu-ray high-def experience. <laughs> yeah. Son-in-law. You really miss out, you know. <laughs> oh, man, that's that that's pretty much one of those movies that uh I think regard like even not needing the Blu-ray experience, it it, it would actually very much detract from the appeal of the movie. <laughs> VHS or bust. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could do a uh, put was- some excessive fuzz over it and then you have your vaporwave remix. There was some movie I was watching a long time ago on VHS, and I remember it actually had the trailer for Chairman of the Board in front of it. Ooh. Because <laughs> I remember being like, what the hell? I feel like that was... People I... trailing this movie as if it was worth seeing? I remember. That's the only reason I know that movie exists, was seeing it in the trailers before some rentals. Yeah. What movie would that have been, though? Biodome, maybe? Yeah. Try to think what I would have seen on VHS, what we would have rented. Hmm. I think we did go at Biodome at one point for, I have no idea why, but <laughs> quickly regretted that. Highly, highly underrated. Real sleeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, just an FYI, guys, I have, uh, I am playing the uh, oh, good. Oscars on my Comcast, so if you... I mean, I can interject with winners if you want. Yeah, go for uh, it. We would love that. I probably won't remember to hit all of them, but, you know. Just I'll, as yeah, uh, as they come. I'll just casually keep an eye out. Uh, is there anything else we wanted to hit? I feel like we had something, but I don't remember what it is anymore, so. Oh, yeah. I found two new Lay's flavors. One was beer and brats, I think. And the other one was some sort of queso flavor. Neither of which sounded particularly appetizing, but I sent you the photo of that, and then you said that Alex had told you at least two weeks ago about those flavors. And you didn't tell me. Let me me verify. (laughs) It was on on Valentine's Day, he told me. Oh, that's sweet. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, you didn't didn't tell me. You could have relayed that information. I thought that we were chip buddies. I thought he would tell you. Oh, well, that's a good point. Maybe you just assumed that Alex would have told me as well, so... Yeah, so you get a jail-free card. Right. This is misdirected anger. I'll text Alex as soon as this is done. Friends tell... Like I said, friends tell friends about new chip flavors. Any new chip flavors that we see, or particular brands, or... Well, Lay's, specifically at this point, but yeah, I think any new chip flavor. Anything wild and unusual. Like how I had Kroger brand chili lime chips the other day? Yeah. Oh. That could go either way. Yeah, it's surprisingly good. Are there? I think I feel like we're due for like a good new Doritos flavor. What would it be though? I mean, I always like the barbecue flavors they put out, but apparently no one else does because they always keep taking them off the market. Yeah, mm. but the barbecue flavors they keep kept putting out were always like a nice, sweet, smoky flavor, not just that sort of vinegary barbecue flavor you usually get. Oh, okay. The problem with Doritos is that they're always so well. I guess it's not a problem, but they're always so bold. I mean, by definition. They're really intense flavors. So what sort of flavors can you get? Like ever since I started intense? eating spicy nacho, I can't go back to regular nacho. I know. They just got to up the ante with every flavor. <laughs> Wait, which uh, what which definition has Doritos being bold? Well, the back of the the back of the bag, you know, like yeah. slam into the bold flavor, <laughs> right? 
It still says that, right? I have no idea. Is this part of a quick slam uh, combo? <laughs> Probably. I used I used to read the back of the chip bags. You know, when you're a kid, you got to do something while you're eating your Doritos. And, oh, right. They tell you to live your life boldly. You just end up reading the little blurb. Yeah. That's like written in like the Riddler style text. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> they managed to say so much without saying anything at all. <laughs> they they do like, have they a, like cut the letters out of magazines. <laughs> they do have a flavor out here called Flamas. Oh, is, it's like a like a purple bag. It is oh, so I, spicy. I can probably only eat like one, maybe two, before I'm like, this is too much for me. I've I've had those as well. They're very. Like, they're very painful, but I, I sometimes want them. Like I bought a bag and I think it probably took me like a month to get through it. <laughs> would, would you say they're spicier than the, remember when there was the fiery habanero ones? Yeah, I would say they were, I do remember that. And I would say they are spicier than the fiery habanero. Mm. Like the fiery habanero it's was pretty f- spicy, but it wasn't flamas spicy. Yeah. Where it's just like an all out assault on your taste buds. Did I mention the uh, Takis on the podcast or was I just mentioning that to you in person? You just said that to me. Yeah. So I heard about Takis and I'd occasionally seen them. You can maybe in Wisconsin, you can find them in maybe one out of 10 gas stations. So when I was ever in the mood to try them out, I wasn't able to find them. And just so happened there was a coincidence where I wanted them and I was at a gas station that had them and I tried them. And it was like, yeah, some sort of chili lime flavor. And it was... Like, I put the first one in my mouth, and I was like, this is all right, and I think that's about all I got through. Like, I had this weird (laughs) sensation of, like, super spicy, but also, like, a half of a lime bursting in my mouth and gushing down my throat. Every single one I ate, it's just, like, this really weird sort of overwhelming lime sensation in your mouth. Just burns and eats. And the two main ways it can burn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's a refreshing. Uh, uh, That's one way you could put it in an accurate way to put it. Yes. They actually have those at every like gas station down here, but I've never actually tried them. If you want to go from being relaxed to like a heightened state of awareness for about five minutes, just like eat one or two of those. You're really overselling these. (laughs) It's like some kind of upper. Well, they're popular. (laughs) I mean, they're around, so. I've been getting really into pork rinds lately. Really? I, hmm. I kind of wish that we would start seeing more than just the standard, you know, normal and hot baconettes. You know, I don't know if they're, they might exist, but I, I can't find them anywhere. I remember trying pork rinds once and it was very underwhelmed. I, mean, yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. So I was always kind of disgusted by them and didn't want to try them. And then as soon as I went someplace and they were called chicharrones... Then I really like them. And then I realized, oh, these are just pork rinds. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're sold in a restaurant <laughs> with a Spanish yeah. name, then I'm like, oh, all right, I'm on board with this. But they can well, be really good. It depends. The bag says it on there, like the baconettes, chicharrones. Oh, well, but, I don't read yeah, very they are. I, I will say that they are better fresh. There's a place nearby here that will serve them to you. Still crackling. Nice. You know, nice. Pretty tasty. I just have a thing for skin, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I just really like chicken skin, and I'm like, well, why not pork skin? Yeah, of course. Just another animal. A lot of it's more like that I just really want to like pork rinds, and then you eat them enough, and then you just start to genuinely really need them. (laughs) So it's like alcohol? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Once you you acquire the taste, (laughs) you just need that pork skin. (laughs) Mm -mm. And, you know... Good, good for the low carb diets. I'm sure that's helping someone out there. <laughs> I'll tell Brianne. <laughs> low carb, high sodium. <laughs> I'm on a low carb and ultimate sodium. <laughs> <laughs> I normally, I just eat bowls of salt <laughs> for dessert. I just have a salt lick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that about wraps it up for another edition of the Gobeski Walls report. My name is Charlie. Wall- My name is Charlie Wallace. And very special wow, thanks. It was, it was us that stumbled over each other this time. <laughs> uh, and a very special thanks to our guest, Paul Wilcox. Thanks for being here, Paul. It was great to be here. And thanks to yeah, Hubert, thanks. wherever he is. Uh, yeah. Kind of rude, left in the middle of the episode. Well, we said goodbye, so I don't know how rude it is. He's busy. <laughs> we didn't mean goodbye. We were just trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> 
goodbye. And by that, I mean, you should stay here for 40 more minutes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what do you got to do, Cubert? <laughs> wow. This, this escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, he's not welcome back on the show, that's for sure. Wow. That's awkward because he's just come back in. Oh, no. <laughs> I, can't believe right, the, right. I can't believe you have the nerve to show your face here again, Cubert. <laughs> he left again. Oh, okay. <laughs> he sensed the hostility in the room. <laughs> I think that when people say, like, talk about his face, he gets sensitive because he pretty much just is a face. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can check out some of our other stuff at our website, www.gobeskywallsreport.com. And don't forget to look us up on Twitter at GW Report. Or you can find us on Facebook, just like the Gobeski Wallace Report, yo. Or if you find us on the street, just uh, feel free to say hi and tell us how much you love us and ask if you can be a guest on the podcast and stay at our house. You can stay at Charlie's house. Any good Oscar winners since? Uh, Arrival just won for something. Oh, I saw that movie. It was okay, but since I'm pretty anti-Sapir Wharf hypothesis, it didn't really do it for me like it did with others. Anti-what hypothesis? I'm not familiar with that hypothesis. Uh, Sapir Wharf hypothesis is the idea that language affects the way we think. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, languages that don't have, like words for various numbers can't count to those numbers like that kind of thing and right or languages that don't have like a certain future tense have trouble with stock market predictions or something like that hmm. i don't know right this is that idea but uh to the extreme in a way that's kind of silly almost yeah yeah there's some really cool studies that do a good job of refuting it i think there's one study so there's these things called mass and count nouns so count nouns are things you can count like uh books and apples and things and mass nouns are things that you can't really count, like water and rice and sand. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes. you can count rice if you want to. Right, right. But go we don't. Mitch Hedberg style, like when you want to eat a lot of something. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, so it turns out that different languages draw the lot, the distinctions in different places. Uh, so some stuff that we consider to count be count, like they'll consider not count. Like uh, if I remember correctly, for us, hair is a count noun and in french it's not or maybe it's the other way around but yeah anyway so you can do studies with like uh the one study i saw was like japanese where you basically just take all the objects and you ask them to sort of classify them into like how to how you would classify them into groups and stuff and so the idea is that if you are a japanese speaker then the words that you consider to be mass you'll put in the mass category and the ones you put count will be count category and the same thing for english but you'll get differences on the words that are different and when they run the experiment it turns out that no basically everyone groups these things more or less the same way oh mm. anyway oh, yeah you ruined that movie for me adam <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> no that's all right i've seen it twice actually uh, twice wow yeah Kara's parents were in town so that was the movie we settled on and it was a good one okay um speaking of movies uh logan coming out next oh, week oh yeah oh yeah Apparently a movie so good that Patrick Stewart is now quitting the X-Men movies as well. Oh, he's going out on a high note, right? Yep, that was the idea. Oh, okay. He was like, I don't think I could do anything better with the character than this, so. Nice. You don't think that's like a spoiler? Like maybe he's going to die in this movie? No, well, even if he did, right? It's supposed to be set in the future. Oh, okay. Also, uh, I'm totally the one who bought you Chairman of the Board. (laughs) (laughs) I figured. (laughs) I figured. It's like, who else would have bought that for me? But you didn't know I was getting those other items on the exact same day. No, it was so good. The exact <laughs> same envelope. I definitely got my uh, six dollars uh, of enjoyment out of your text conversation <laughs> about it. And I was really proud of myself in that in the text conversation. And every time you've asked me about it in person, I have not actually denied buying it for oh, you. Oh, really? Just every time I've been like, huh, that's a weird thing for someone to get you. I wonder who did that. Yeah. And I'd never uh, obviously given up the idea that it was probably still you that gave it to me. <laughs> right. Because really, who else? Like, it'd be so bizarre. <laughs> but uh, I guess there's that recurring segment down the toilet. So we won't be <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll be doing that. No, that's fine. That's a good thing. <laughs>
So here's the conversation you sent me. And did you send me chairman of the board with three question marks? <laughs> and he's so then he starts to tell me the story. And I just was like, weird. Are you sure you didn't order it? Maybe Kara got it for you. <laughs> but I never once actually denied. So I never lied to you about it. I was quite proud of myself. I hope that, that helps you sleep better at night. <laughs> oh, when you sent me that text, did you send me chair on the board? I probably literally, I was out walking, like on a walk. And I was probably laughing for like five minutes straight. And I'm sure traffic was passing me going like, man, he's really enjoying something. <laughs> well, I'm glad that's worth the six dollars. Yeah, just by itself, I think. So good. And then, uh, and then I did tell Brienne that I had done this. So when we talked about it at game night, she was in on it, and so she was really entertained. How uh, like Doug was like trying to feed you in with it, without <laughs> Doug having any idea about what was actually going on. Because <laughs> I think because later on the on the game night. Charlie says something like, I still half think it was you, Adam. And I believe my exact response was, why would I spend money on you for something like that? (laughs) (laughs) And now you know the answer why. (laughs) Because my Amazon Prime trial is going to expire soon and I could do it without with the free shipping. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, no, the the plan formulated when I noticed that uh, Amazon stopped putting receipts in their practices. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, letting me do that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and here we are, ten minutes after our sign off. <laughs> That's fine. We don't need to do another one. Bye. I like six fifty nine. <laughs> Chairman of the board, six fifty nine. Only eight left in stock. Orders. <laughs> <laughs> it's flying off the shelves. People. I'm reasonably certain when I bought it, there were only nine left in stock, <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna stay at eight. <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Need the illusion of scarcity. <laughs> People oh. o- often bought Carrot Top Rocks Las Vegas with it. By the way, read some of the Amazon reviews for that. Okay. <laughs> like right now, Paul, like read them to us. Very cool movie by one of America's smartest and most original entertainers. There are a ton of copycats out there, but only one Carrot Top. Long live the orange man. <laughs> This seems to be one of those movies that the the sarcastic Amazon reviewers descended upon at some point. So there's a whole bunch of like, reviews of like one star of like, I don't know what people are talking about. <laughs> Horrible, awful, terrible movie. We weren't expecting Shakespeare, but at least something as cute as Pee Wee's Big Adventure or as funny as some other movies by comedians we know and like. <laughs> it's, it is stupid, disgusting, and an insult to the intelligence of anyone who watches it. Don't waste your time and money. If I could give it no stars i would do that as well (laughs) as well (laughs) i'd write a one-star review and then i'd write another zero star review (laughs) i like that they just invoke peewee's big adventure like we're hoping it would be at least as good as peewee's big adventure (laughs) you know because alex zam is often compared to uh Tim Burton and his genius <laughs> <laughs> for his work on Tooth Fairy 2, The Little Rascals, <laughs> and various Dr. Doolittle movies, <laughs> Inspector Gadget 2. Was Tooth Fairy 2 with Larry the Cable Guy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. His first one was Just The Rock, like right? All the Way 2 with Larry the Cable Guy, <laughs> oh. also directed Alex Sam. <laughs> Chairman of the Board is a true work of art featuring a jaw-dropping performance by Scott Thompson. The VHS tape is a canvas, and Thompson is the artist who <laughs> manages to paint the human condition in a way that no other artist has done before him or after. If you aren't old enough to remember when Chairman of the Board was unleashed into the world, there was a noticeable shift in filmmaking trends. A movie success used to be measured by entertainment value and box office revenue. Then Chairman of the Board came along and created a movement of young, uniquely driven directors and actors who now approach filmmaking as the highest art form. Scott Thompson, also known in some circles as Carrot Top, (laughs) was the catalyst of that movement. 
If you've ever found yourself wondering where phrases used to describe films such as pre-chairman, post-chairman, BST, and AST originated, this is where, (laughs) hashtag fun fact, the filmmaking industry shifted so drastically it was as if it were an entirely new medium. And so the next time you watch The King's Speech, Django Unchained, or There Will Be Blood, give a tip to your cap to Scott Thompson. They wouldn't exist without him. (laughs) Five stars. Wow. (laughs) The one time somebody uses trolling for good in the universe. (laughs) Yeah, some of these are pretty good. Now I'm just scrolling through all these uh, Alex Sam movies. And it's like... You know, Doctor Doolittle Five is apparently hard to find in the in for the North American region. Mm-hmm. You know, the pal the pal version of Doctor Doolittle Five has one star, and the review is "Need one in USA format." <laughs> 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 Looks like there's oh, and then there's the Hong Kong version as well. Oh, this guy he's done a lot of see he's picked up a lot of series later. You know, Inspector Gadget Two, Doctor Doolittle Five. Inspector Gadget 2 had French Stewart, correct? <laughs> I don't know how I know that, but... Yeah, French French Stewart and <laughs> Elaine Hendricks. Oh, what? Sorry, I started going on the internet. <laughs> Last night, President Trump reportedly ate a well-done steak with ketchup. Is that real? Is that one of the many leaks? Those dis- disgruntled staffers. The president, according to a waiter who wished to remain anonymous, the president ordered a well-done steak, an aged New York strip. He ate it with ketchup as he always does. Oh my god! Was this in a restaurant or at the White House? I think it's at a restaurant. Oh, okay. Like he snuck out of a out of like a, a press conference mm. to have dinner at a steakhouse. He just wanted a fine, well-done steak with some ketchup. Yeah. Wow. You just imagine being the chef and like. Having to ruin that steak. Just like crying. It's hating yourself. <laughs> Squirting the ketchup on the side of the plate, just like weeping. <laughs> no, I mean, having to go out to the store next door to buy ketchup, probably. <laughs> so that you could put it on the plate. <laughs> uh, the president's here. Get the ketchup. <laughs> it looks like it was at a Trump property. Oh, so they have oh, that on okay. hand, yeah. So it was probably sitting right on the table then. <laughs> Just ready. <laughs> in fact, the guy probably wasn't wasn't phased. <laughs> Just stick it in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> microwave for 15 minutes. To catch it on the side. <laughs> That's how I do all my steaks. 